Welcome, 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 and good afternoon, everybody all across the globe. This is Inner Visions of Sun Ra Ricks. Yes, I am back once again for another episode. This time we are going to talk about the U.S. House passing a $14.5 billion military aid package for Israel. What are my thoughts about it? I am going to read some references and get to the point. So this is going to be a fire episode. So sit back, relax, and let's get to it. Because nothing is out of bounds on Intervisions of Sunrise Rick's podcast. Yeah. and reacting in Washington. Thousands of pro-Palestinian protesters filled the streets in the largest demonstration of its kind in the U.S. since Israel began its strikes on Gaza in response to the Hamas terrorist attack on October 7th. And in a surprise visit, Secretary of State Blinken meeting with Palestinian Authority President Mahmoud Abbas in the Israeli-occupied West Bank discussing the efforts to restore calm and stability to the area. And this morning, we are getting a close-up look at the Israeli Defense Forces in the war zone. The IDF taking our Ian panel into Gaza. Ian is now back in Tel Aviv, and that's where we begin right now. Ian, good morning. Yeah, good morning, Joe. This was a rare, short, and quite intense opportunity to see what the situation is like in Gaza on the ground. We've been reporting from outside Gaza, although we're getting images from inside. Neither the Egyptian government nor the Israelis today will allow foreign journalists in. But this was a chance to travel with the Israeli Defense Forces inside to see it for ourselves. Obviously, our view was limited. There are places that we couldn't go. And the Israeli Defense Forces checked our footage for operational security. This morning, for the first time since this war began, we go into Gaza. Embedded with troops from Israel's 401st Armored Brigade for a few hours. The first time they've taken journalists into the war zone since it began. Well, we're just on the Israeli side of the border with Gaza. We're together with the tank regiments. They've got tanks, they've got armored personnel carriers. Uh, and they're going to take us basically down this track, which leads straight into Gaza. I asked the commander, what is the situation on the ground? His answer was very simply, nowhere is safe there. The convoy starts to move. The doors of our heavily armoured vehicle lock tight, and a tense, high-risk journey begins. Lieutenant Colonel Ido Ben Anat is the deputy commander of the 401. How tough has the fighting been? It's tough. It's tough. Um, they're trying to surprise us. They're trying to see where we're, we're strong, where we're weak, and how they can take it as an advantage. We were driven about three miles into the Gaza Strip towards the northern side of Gaza City. It's a scene of utter devastation. Building after building scarred and blackened by the bombardment. The crackle of gunfire and crump of tank fire ever present. The landscape is apocalyptic. We're here in Gaza at the moment. We're here together with the Israeli Defense Forces. We're not allowed to say exactly where we are. You can see the tanks next to me. You can hear the sound of the tank fire. We're hearing gunfire. It still remains an incredibly active zone. But this is what we weren't able to see. 
Israel's relentless assault on Gaza. The night sky turned orange from shelling. Buildings in flames at the Jubalia refugee camp hit by another airstrike. All hands on deck to rescue the survivors. It's been nearly a month into this war. More than 9,000 people have been killed in Gaza, according to the Hamas-run health ministry. And Israeli officials reporting over 1,400 deaths. Inside Gaza, the health system beyond capacity. It is a fall of patients. No, any vacant place to admit to invasion department, as you see. Still, always, it is the same scene. Medical staff are overwhelmed and facilities overrun. Doctors at Al Shifa Hospital work by flashlight without electricity or fuel to keep the lights on. The UN saying nearly half of hospitals in Gaza are no longer functioning. And the militant group Hamas releasing this video, they say shows fighting with Israeli forces in the northwest of Gaza. Although ABC News can't confirm exactly when this was filmed. But the administration's calling for a humanitarian pause in the fighting to get aid into Gaza, to prevent more mass casualties, and to try to help get the roughly 200... Wow, um, is getting out of hand. Um, normally I don't get into mainstream news, but this is from ABC News as, um, 9,000 of innocent people, men, women, and children have been killed they have been killed um, since the start of the war in Gaza. Over 14,000 people were killed in Israel. And now, <clears throat> on the Al Jazeera website, U.S. House passes $14.5 billion in military aid package for Israel. Now, this is coming from the majority of the conservatives. Now, you remember the U.S. and Israel, they're like allies. So, like, the U.S. always has Israel's back and Israel the same, yada, yada. <laughs> the U.S., House of Representatives has passed a Republican plan providing $14.5 billion in military aid for Israel, setting up a partisan clash over the usually bipartisan issue of backing the staunch U.S. ally. The plan, which is funded by cuts to the Internal Revenue Service, passed on Thursday by 226 votes to 196, largely along Party lines. The plan is the first major legislative action under the new Republican House Speaker, Mike Johnson, who took on his role last week after Kevin McCarthy was removed by the hard right faction of his party, the MAGA right, the far right. Johnson on Thursday urged the Senate and White House to quickly approve the bill. The Senate and White House cannot let this moment pass, and I urge them to act swiftly and pass this bill, as the House did today, Johnson said on the social media platform on X. 
The bill, however, has a slim prospect of becoming law after the U.S. President Joe Biden and his fellow Democrats in the Senate signaled their opposition due to its inclusion of spending cuts and lack of aid for the Ukraine. To become law, the bill would have to pass the Senate, where the Democrats have a majority and receive Biden's signature. Ahead of the vote, the White House said the bill... Excuse me, I'm sorry. Ahead of the vote, the White House said the bill would have devastating implications for our safety and alliances in the years ahead. Mm-hmm. While most Republicans still strongly back Ukraine, a vocal minority of the party has questioned the need to continue providing financial assistance to um, Kyiv. I'm sorry, Kyiv. I'm trying to pronounce it, but I don't know how to. It's K-Y-I-V. I'm not going to strain myself on it. At a time of steep budget deficits. So let's see. Um, country over in the Ukraine. Okay. House Democrat Rosa DeLauro on Thursday accused Republicans of delaying aid to U.S. allies with their bill. This bill abandons Ukraine. We will not abandon Israel and we will not abandon Ukraine, but their fortunes are linked. Wow. The U.S. has given Israel more, excuse me. The U.S. has given Israel more military assistance than any other country since World War II, providing aid worth more than $124 billion. Now, the U.S. ally is already receiving $3.8 billion per year in military assistance under a 10-year plan that began in 2016. Hmm. which was in the um, later stages or the last year of the Obama presidency. Hmm. Now, I am going to give you a little commentary on this here. And both parties are in the wrong, by the way. Both parties in you can, you can sense and you can tell that both parties do not really care about the American people right now. Right now, their focus is on providing aid, military aid, even funding for Israel, funding for the Ukrainians, funding for the Palestinians, for Gaza. Now, y'all remember, I'm going to play a clip to where, um, remember when Trump turned down the um, stimulus package at the end of his presidency? In, um, which was in um, somewhere in 2020. And he was naming Countries, projects, Democrats and Republicans were pissed. But 
Trump didn't care because he wanted to get the agenda out, exposing people. So, not one American issue was on that table. Not one. Sooner or later, if things continue to go the way they are going, all right, America is going to end up as a third world country. You're going to see more jobs being let go. You're going to see the homeless rate rise. Inflation is going to get worse if you continue to send money overseas. No disrespect to Israel. No disrespect. But you're putting money into their country while Americans are suffering big time. The left is so worried about not abandoning the Ukraine that they're the ones that are about to put this country into bankruptcy. It's going to go into bankruptcy if they continue this trend right here. All right. This ain't funny, so don't you dare laugh. It's just another case when evil takes over. And that is what we are witnessing right now. That's why you see so many people getting pissed off in Chicago. That's why you get you see so many people getting pissed off in Ohio. People are not happy with this administration right now. People are not happy with both Democratic and Republican parties. So right now, the American issue has to be put to the wayside for this. My prayers go out to the people in Israel. My prayers go out to the people over in the Palestinian area, in Gaza, Kaiv area. My prayers go out to you guys and to the families of innocent people who lost their lives in this tragedy. Having said that, you have governments y'all should be relying on. Americans should focus on their country. Because I'm, I'm telling you, in beautiful cities, big cities, is starting to turn into a third world country. Look at downtown Manhattan. Look at parts of New Orleans. Look at um, downtown Los Angeles. South Central. It is deteriorating. Before our very eyes. All right. And the people who keep voting these people in the office who don't care, guys have to be accountable too. All right. When you voted for people like 
Bush, Bush Sr., Bush Jr., Obama, Biden. You have to be held accountable big time. American people, you guys know what y'all were doing. Even if you're not educated, you knew right from wrong, so you knew what you were doing. You still have to be held accountable for. I held myself accountable by voting for Obama in 2008 when he didn't deliver like he was supposed to. I took accountability. I blame myself for it. All right. That's why I was hesitant to vote again until 2020. In 2020, I got it right. I felt. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Right now, the economy is weakening. The jobs report is steady, but people are still losing jobs. The jobless rate has increased. This country is in trillions and trillions of dollars of debt. We owe China money. How did this happen? The election of George W. Bush. The man who single-handedly destroyed the American economy. He destroyed it. He hurt the reputation of the American nation. He was supposed to go on trial, by the way, for the handling of the war and the um, mismanagement of the military aid. But Obama refused to do it. In fact, Obama and Bush are our best friends. They're very close. The Obamas and Bush are like brothers and sister-like. They love each other. They protected each other. That's why Obama refused to put Bush on trial. It's sad. It's pathetic. It's heartbreaking. It really is. Black farmers aren't getting the relief that they were supposed to get under Biden. Biden's approval rating now is at 36%. His disapproval rating is at 60 It's so bad that a lot of experts expect Biden to lose. Because if they let him run, the Democratic Party is finished. They've been finished a long time ago when they decided to basically choose the LGBTQ issue, the Asian issue, 
the illegal immigrant issue, give them rights, give them homes, give them schooling, and and as they turn their backs on urban America and turn their back <clears throat> turn their backs on the black community. The Democratic Party is doomed. The Democratic Party, I don't think, can recover from this. And believe it or not, Trump is taking advantage of it. He's taking advantage of the mishaps of the Democratic Party by campaigning in many areas, saying to Black America, what do you have to lose? What do you have to lose? He mentions about the contributions of black America while he was in the White House. Now, I don't agree with everything that Trump did. I thought he could have done a better job during the pandemic and a few other things. He could have done better. All right. Yes, he bailed, he bailed people out. I have to give him his due. But he could have handled the pandemic a lot better as a leader. That was my real gripe with him. But other than that, I thought, in general, Trump saved the economy. Now, in that speech he made, he said, America needs a leader who knows a lot about money which is Trump he knew a lot about money and you saw the results from 2017 in portions of 2020 the economy was at its peak this is the best economy since Clinton alright you had a lot of job creations New businesses arose by 10 to 15%. Things were going great. But I want to bring up a report on the liberal, by the liberal website of MSNBC to where, what? Susan Rice. Susan Rice, who was a part of both the Obama administration and now a part of the Biden administration, confessed that the pandemic was getting out of hand. It was getting so out of hand that she warned President Trump. So she Admit it. She admitted that the pandemic started and was running rampant. It started under Obama. It started under Obama, not under Trump. All right. Some would say, some would actually question. They will question 
my integrity and my knowledge of it, look in the MSNBC website. In 2016, look at it. Or even 2017, one. Look at that article. Read it. Look for yourself. It's there. It is there. For both Democrat and Republican to focus more on sending money to foreign countries, sending money to enhance a war, it only hurts your country. It only hurts America. It hurts the workers. It hurts everybody. It even hurts our United States troops. It hurts. Some say wars make money. But what about lives? Do it help lives? Hell no, it doesn't. I think there needs to be an investigation by both parties. There needs to be an investigation for treason. Really is. Because this is getting out of hand. If we keep it up, we're going to be in bankruptcy for a very long time. Because we have lawmakers that don't know what they're doing with the money. They're not good as far as economic development and they're not good in financial leadership well everybody I am going to take a quick break and I will um, get back with you on a special special take Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Now I've touched on this topic before, but I want I want you guys to get familiar of what the 1031 exchange is. A 1031 exchange gets its name from section 1031 of the United States Internal Revenue Code, which allows you to avoid paying capital gains taxes when you sell an investment property and reinvest the proceeds from the sale within certain time limits in a property or properties of like kind and equal or greater value. Yes. Now, this is on the website of Capital Partners, LLC. This is where I'm getting this information from. Then I'll give you my take on it. Under Section 1031, any proceeds received from the sale of a property remain taxable. For that reason, proceeds from the sale must be transferred to a qualified intermediary rather than the seller of the property and the qualified intermediary transfers them to the seller of the replacement property or properties. A qualified intermediary is a person or company that agrees to facilitate the 1031 exchange by holding the funds involved in the transaction until they can be transferred to the seller of the replacement property. All right, here's some examples of it. 
if you are the owner of investment real estate, you might be looking for a managed property rather than managing one yourself. You might want to consolidate several properties into one for purpose of real estate planning, for example, or you might want to divide a single property into several assets. All right. Depreciation is the percentage of the cost of an investment property that is written off every year. Recognizing the effects of wear and tear when a property is sold, capital gains taxes are calculated based on the property's net adjust basis, which reflects the property's original purchase price plus capital improvements minus depreciation. If your property sells for more than its depreciated value, you may have to recapture the depreciation. Hmm. Choosing a replacement property, timing and rules. Like-kind property is defined according to its nature or characteristics, not its quality or grade. This means that there is a broad range of exchangeable real estate properties. Vacant land can be exchanged for a commercial building, for example, or industrial property can be exchanged for a residential. But you can't exchange real estate for artwork, for example, since that does not meet the definition of like-kind the property must be held for investment, though, not resale or personal use. This usually implies a minimum of two years ownership. Okay, here's some more. The three property rule allows you to identify three properties as potential purchases, regardless of their market value. The 200% rule allows you to identify unlimited replacement properties as long as they're cumulative value does doesn't exceed 200% of the value of the property sold. The 95% rule allows you to identify as many properties as you like as long as you acquire properties valued at 95% of their total or more. So everybody look into Capital Partners LLC read the article it is a great article very interesting so if you follow these codes and you follow the rules you can make a fortune you can it is very lucrative the real estate game is very lucrative if you know the 1031 tax code if you know the rules and regulations the ins and outs you know the property value what is worth the banks, the laws, things of that nature. There's a lot to learn. There's a lot to remember. There's a lot you have to follow by. Because if not, then you're in big, big trouble legally. So there you have it. There you have it. A lot of things the investors do, like the three property rule. It's legal. It is. It says it on the website. And it's law. All right. Like I was saying to people. I'm going to mention this again. The job market. That's why. That's why I say. These fraternities do not like entrepreneurs. Hell, they don't like some of the real estate agents 
are people who are independently investing in real estate. Independent entrepreneurs are basically very hated, but yet are needed to enhance or elevate the economy. All right. Like I was saying, I've mentioned it in episodes of where the 401k goes through BlackRock. All right. I'll even um, show you some examples of the 401k plan. Hold on, y'all. Hold on, hold on, hold on. All right. Hold on, hold on. Uh, Let me get to it. Wow. The 401k plan. How does it work? 401k plan is a retirement savings plan offered by many American employees, employers that has tax advantages for the savior the savior I'm sorry it is named after a section of the United States Internal Revenue Code the employee who signs up for a 401k agrees to have a percentage of each paycheck paid directly into an investment account the employer may match part or all of the contribution the employee gets to choose among a number of investment options all right Employee contributions to Roth 401ks are made with after-tax income. There's no tax deduction in the contribution year, but withdrawals are tax-free. Employer contributions can be made both traditional and Roth 401k plans. Yeah, um, J.P. Morgan. Charles Schwab. All right. Unbiased um, investment accounts. So um, you have AT&T. Right. You got AT&T. You have Verizon. You have Coca-Cola, BP Oil, Home Depot, Walmart. Many other retail giants, fast food giants that are in this investment. Like I said, they are a fraternity. All right. They're not in competition with each other. All right. If you get fired or let go by one of them, they say they're in competition, but If you try to go to another one under that fraternity or under the investment of BlackRock, they're not going to accept you. They're not. Because it's all about investing in people. It's all about making money. And if if they feel as if you will be a distraction or you're going to get in the way of their investment... I don't care if they're in some sort of friendly competition. 
they won't hire you. It's about protecting the investment. I tell people to go to mutual funds. I tell people, go to a money marketing account. All right, if not all 401k plans have its advantage. Now, you remember back in the days where if you retire from a auto plant or companies, that job would pay you for life. They will pay you retirement. They would. Now it's being replaced by a 401k. In which if your 401k is dried up, your investment is gone. Now what? All you have left is your social security. And we don't know if that's going to exist. We have people in both Democrat and Republican who don't know how to manage money or lead a country financially. They don't. They're just lawmakers. They might be intelligent in making laws, but they're not intelligent in financing. That's not their expertise at all. I tell people, if you work for an employer under this investment or under the fraternity, I'll put this into example, Toyota, Nissan, um, Audi, Hyundai, um, BMW, they're all a fraternity, y'all. They act as if they're in competition But in all actuality, they're all a team. They are a team. They are a team that's trying to make money off their investment in their vehicles. I'm sorry. They're trying to make investment on the vehicle. They're not in competition with each other, so don't be fooled. I used to work in the auto industry, even though I was not a good salesperson, I understood the game. Okay. There's no competition. They act as if they are in competition with the other competitor, but hell, there are actually people who I work with over in Hyundai, they were in competition with each other. They were not nice people because they were in it. They were in it to try to make money and to survive. Like they say, it's a doggy dog world. All right. Some of their practices is corrupt. All right. Some of them. Some of them are in management now. And Hyundai is about to be. A question is hiring practice. I'll put it to you like that. 
Some of them will not talk to me because I exposed them. I really have. It's all about them getting commission. It's all about stepping on their so-called teammate just to get commission. They're not a team. The, The Hyundai team, if you work in the Hyundai team, that area, they're not a... Hey, if you work in the same office, they're not a team. They're not a team at all. It's about them making their own money. It's not a race thing. It's a money thing. Let's keep it 100. I don't care if they ever hire me again. I'm just keeping it 100. I work for myself in this podcast. I am independent. If I do get resources from articles, I make sure I give them that respect. All right. That's how I do. I tell people, be your own business person. It's okay to work a regular nine to five job. Nothing wrong with it at all. In fact, I encourage people to start off with a nine to five job. Start off with something, but don't work there forever. Please don't. Some people don't make it to their retirement. They don't. So why not become an entrepreneur? Save up money. Do something that you're really passionate about. So therefore, you you can retire early. You can retire early. Enjoy your life at an early age. You see, the controllers don't like that. They really don't like that. But it's up to you to play chess with them. It's a chess game, not checkers. So I tell people, entrepreneurship is the way to go. Don't stay at your employer forever. Because if you do, well, let's just say your financial outlook is not going to look good at all. It's not. I don't have a problem with working for an employer. And you shouldn't have a problem. But working for them all your life. It's not a good thing. When it comes to your value and your investment. This is Raymond Ricks II, a.k.a. Intervisions of Sunra Ricks. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. Remember, I do my uh, podcast um, sometimes Saturdays and Sundays. But I want to make an announcement to everybody. Starting, Starting from this point forward, I will have my podcast very, very early in the mornings. So um, I am going to start it off at 7. All right, I'm going to start it off at 7 in the morning, Saturday and Sunday. All right, so therefore, the rest of my day, I can spend time with my wife and son. I feel like I've done a poor job with mismanaging time. I tell people 
Okay, I'm going to start at 8 o'clock. Then I start at 11. Okay, that's, that's unprofessional of me. And I take accountability for that. And I do apologize to the listeners. So starting next weekend, I will have it both Saturday and Sundays. It will be at 7 o'clock. I'll have it on for an hour. No more than an hour. No more. Because I want to be consistent. I want to be professional. And I want my audience to expect news. Real news. Real professionalism from me. All right. So I got nothing but love for all of you. I thank you for tuning in. I wanted to educate all of you on what's going on. So until next time, y'all be blessed. Y'all stay safe. I'm out. Much love.